podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Brutal Nation, a podcast series dedicated to lesser-known serial killers and acts of true crime. You know, I feel like that, uh, especially after uh, my band did the show last week, now I feel like almost I have that porn voice going on. Because it's just it, it kind of strained my vocal cords a little bit. I feel like I should be going, hey, baby, is your name Tammy's mom? Come here. It's okay. Well, my, name is Scott, <laughs> my name is Scott Alexander. Right across from me is Miss Tammy Underwood. Say hi, Tam. Hi, everybody. So I'm kind of curious about what you're presenting today. Oh, I was just going to mention, though, that in your show, I was really excited to see it because it's like one of the few times I saw Georgia come out. <laughs> and I love Georgia. Um, anyways, I am presenting Amelia Dyer today. And it wasn't even a country show. That's the thing. It wasn't. We, we do rock and blues. Yeah, well, I equated it to hillbilly rock, kind of. That's great. That's great. Um, there's a word for somebody like you. It's um, Oh, twat. That's, That's okay. It. When Mama saw the video footage, she goes, he kind of looks like that guy from Montgomery Gentry. I said, no, that other guy's cuter. Oh. Okay, so can I tell the story about uh, you? No. And- oh, come on. About what? The conversation we have that you no. said yes. <laughs> that, that is a boundary conversation. Just know that I do not want to hear about you and my mom in anything. Fine. Let's go meow. <laughs> You're fucking done. You know what? They will be featuring me on this show next week when I kill your ass. Why? What's wrong with you meow? I hate you. <laughs> okay, so I'm doing Amelia Dyer today. Now, Amelia Dyer is... um. She has two monikers. Uh, she was called the Ogress of Reading. Well, I'm sorry, the Ogress of Reading? Reading. And over in London, I mean, England area. Now I'm Reading, Reading, because... Reading, I believe is Reading. My bad. Uh, now I'm wondering if she's like killing people because you can't read. That's not good. Po- no, good Ogress of Reading. I mispronounced it. Oh. Now that I said it out loud, I okay. knew I was wrong. That, I was so, so no. fucking confused. And then for she was also called the Reading. Baby farmer. Ooh, she's a baby farmer. Cool. Which I have a disclaimer to say first, but let me get to my quote. My quote says, everyone lies to themselves, but many people do it with good intentions. They want to believe what they tell themselves. It is oftentimes the best possible version of reality for them. I can dig that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, I want to clarify something. People automatically think baby farmers is something horrible. Okay. I want, there's actually two clarifications I have. Can I, can I be completely honest? I still really don't know what the fuck a baby farmer is. Well, I'm getting ready to tell you, Scott. Yeah, I, honestly, because we, we, and we've done a couple of them. No, this but, is the, we talked about them. Oh, we have? Okay, yeah, then. we've we'll, never done one yet. Because when we talk about them, I'm thinking of people, and I think we've at least done one. But uh, where they take kids in and, you know, the no, we'll take care of this baby because you're going to give us money. And then they like fucking off the kid and they're still getting money. Yes. That's that that's that that's 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 essentially what people think of when they think of baby farming. Oh, OK. However, on the first thing, let me clarify this other one first. Amelia Dyer, since she was, in fact, a nurse, even though she wasn't in that exact capacity when she committed her crimes. I chose to feature on Medical Monday because she is still in essence a, 
in essence, a caregiver. The second clarification I want to make is this. The term baby farmer has such negative connotations, I wanted to give some insight into the practice. Baby farming was, in fact, something that was intended to be a noble practice. So if I would have kept my fucking mouth shut, you would have told yeah, me Yeah, I would have answered your well, question for you. Without me humiliating myself so I yeah. could just said, go, of course it is. That's yeah. exactly what no, it was. Everybody knows you're not that smart. <laughs> Anyways, the term itself derived from a late Victorian era from late Victorian era Britain, and it simply referred to a person who took in a child or infant in exchange for some sort of payment. This could either be a lump sum, one-time payment, or it could be payment plans, such as weekly or monthly. Most generally, if the child was a small infant, the practice also included wet nursing. In essence, the baby farmer adopted the children for a period of time or for good, one lump sum was meant for good, period of time meant monthly or so. And the most common reason that a woman would choose to employ a baby farmer was in the case of illegitimacy. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Since there was such a stigma attached to unwed mothers up until recent history, women who had a child out of wedlock would often choose to put said child out to nurse or in the care of another individual. However, what some people don't realize is that baby farming also included the practice of foster care and adoption services before they were regulated by laws. So, okay, I just want to make sure that I'm understanding because I never claim to know everything. So if I was a baby farmer, Mm -hmm. okay, and I'm taking kids in, I would also kind of, I'd be responsible to make sure they either get the care they need from me or right. adopt them out to somebody. Who right. If the mother wasn't intending. Okay. If you were a legitimate baby farmer, if the mother was not intending to come back and get the child eventually, then yes, you could either keep that baby yourself or adopt it out for another fee. So not what I thought it was. Cause or they, if they wanted you just to take care of the baby for a while, so they got back on their feet, okay. then you would take care of it in your home for a monthly or weekly charge, and then eventually they would come back and get the child. Because in my head, Baby Farmer says two things. Number one, you have Cabbage Patch Kids. That too. Or you're putting babies in bib overalls and making them plow fields. That's, that's what I thought. Yeah, no. But apparently that was wrong. Right. So over time, as a result of practices like the ones we're going to talk about today, the actual term Baby Farmer has been used as an insult and implies that improper treatment was employed. I think of it almost in terms of how we would use the term puppy mill today. You know, well, that no, people would puppies. overextend themselves and bite off more than they could chew because they became greedy. Okay, no, that's way different. Puppy mills are bad because all their... Well, but the puppy right, mills well, are, baby farmers ended up being bad too, is what I'm saying. You know, we have legitimate breeders True. of dogs. Like, uh, you know, uh, like Tibetan Mastiffs. Right. You know, uh, and, and even pit bulls. Um, I'm, I actually want to get a hold of a, a breeder that I know... Uh, in Florida and importing one of her dogs. From Jacksonville? Not from Jacksonville. Um, oh, you want a smart dog. Because, okay, and, and here's why, because uh, my, my ex-wife, the she uh, the breeder that she knows in in uh, Florida. Ex-wife fl- number five? Yeah, four and a half. Uh, flew the dog out. She picked up the dog's name. It was Bubbles. Aww. And she was adorable. And... Uh, then, when you talk about a dog, it is so comical to me. I just I love puppies. It's so almost much. like the face my mom gave me the other day. But go ahead. Well, when I asked if uh, no, when you told her you loved her, because I do. Mm-hmm. But um, the, the only anyway, she's a, she's a reputable breeder, 
It's not a puppy mill. These are, you know, right. uh, AKC dogs. And I think, I think they're AKC and maybe even CKC, which is the Canadian Kennel right, Club right, right. registered. But I can't quite confirm that. Um, they're super, they're health tested. You know, you're getting a, a high quality dog. Oh, okay. You're paying 1500 bucks. Well, well. Just for a pit bull. Yeah. Or, well, and to, to put it in perspective, like uh, Tibetan Mastiffs, try $5,000 a piece. Yeah. Our our baby girl that we had, well, my former baby girl because she's with my ex-wife, uh, Belila, that was that's a $5,000 dog. Wow. Yeah, they're cuz But they have to come from overseas, don't they? No, most of them. There's breeders here too. Oh, okay. But uh, she was imported from the Czech Republic. Uh, that was the best breeder that we could find. Um I just had pictures of her drinking vodka and It was amazing cuz wearing we, this fur hat. It's amazing. When she showed up, she was drinking vodka. And she went, it's, this is nothing like Mother Russia. This is not Russian. I'm a whoa, okay. Yeah. She's like fucking, you know, doing that Russian kick dancing. Yeah, thing. like the, the down and out. and Yeah. So, yeah, okay. Now now I'm on track. But, yeah. No, are pup, you on track now? Yeah. Can we? Pup, pup, I was, my, my point was puppy mills are way different than. Well, you know, when you hear what I'm going to say about Amelia, you'll compare her to a puppy mill. Trust me. Well, she probably is, but I just—I I didn't want anybody to confuse puppy mills for legitimate breeders. No, no, no. That's why I'm saying, you know, baby farming. You know, that's what I was getting at. But whatever. Don't plant them in the ground, boys and girls. That's illegal. No, it is. <laughs> okay, so Amelia Dyer. She was born Amelia Elizabeth Hobley sometime around ni- in 1836. Now, I'll explain why there's some confusion later. She was the youngest of five children. Born to Samuel, who was the master shoemaker, and Sarah Hobley. She had three older brothers, Thomas, James, and William, and one sister, Anne. Were they all cobblers? No. Oh. They, the family lived in Pile Marsh, which is a tiny village located just east of Bristol. And as Amelia grew up, she was fortunate enough to learn how to read and write, which few girls ever had the privilege of back then. Yeah, no shit. And as a result, she would acquire a love of literature, especially poetry, which I think is going to come into play later, and I get into it in my final thoughts. Sweet. Yeah. Yet, her childhood wasn't exactly rainbows and wildflowers. I almost put unicorn farts, but I changed my mind. (laughs) Her mother... Pixie dust and unicorn farts. Her mother would contract typhus. And at some point, as a res- she would contract typhus at some point, and as a result, she suffered from mental illness. What is typhus? I've never even um, fucking heard of it. Okay, that. typhoid, Mary. It's hard to explain. I'm oh, okay. not no, sure. No, okay, typhoid. Yeah, okay. typhoid, typhoid, typhus, same thing. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. That's, 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 that's just I just think, I don't know the exact details of typhus because nobody really has it nowadays. No, it's so, been non-existent since Yeah, uh, like mid- polio. Yeah, like 1900s. Yeah, so... Amelia often witnessed her violent episodes and was often the one to care for her, care for her mother until she finally passed away in 1848 when Amelia was just 12 years old, when, which I'm sure caused this girl to have to grow up way too soon, you know, because even if she was 12, that's still a young age. Yeah, it's pretty young. Yeah. Um, Many researchers and psychologists today have speculated on how this experience more than likely had a profound effect on her. Um, Now, I don't want this next little bit to confuse you, but if you bear with me, I will attempt to explain it. Amelia had another sister whose name was Sarah Ann, who was born the year prior to Amelia. 
However, she passed away when she was only six years old in 1841. Then in 1845, Sarah gave birth to another daughter who they also named Sarah Ann. Yet she would die before she was even six months old. Now, to explain this, I I can explain this very well. Okay. I found when I was tracing my family history, that was a common practice in many families overseas, you know, in like European countries. Wait, wait, to name a kid your dead kid's name? Yes. Check this out. The fuck is wrong Um, with you people? That if a child died before they were a certain age, the next child that was born of the same sex would be given the same name. Depending on what area you lived in, determine the cutoff age. For instance, my ancestors are from the Netherlands. And from what I could determine from my research, families there would employ this practice if the child died younger than the age of five when they passed away. I have some distant relatives who had four daughters and they were all named Beatrix and they all died before they were five. At some point... I would stop naming my daughter Beatrix because that's just bad juju. That's just fucked up. And Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, let's seriously, like, like if Jake or any of my kids would have died, I wouldn't have said, hey, guess what? You're like Jake the second. Yeah, it was customary, though. Customary. Just I don't like, care. If, it's still fucking retarded. Just like if your brother, if you had an older brother and he was married to a woman and you were still single and he died, it would be your duty to marry her and take care of her. Hell no. I'm just you saying. You have never seen the shit that my brother married or has dated. I'm just saying. That is the custom back then. I had relatives that like, had to do like, that, I've, too. I've, got, I've had bad choices in women, but Phil has had bad Oh, so your choices. choices in women are stellar compared to Phil's? Oh, 100%. Like, seriously. By and large. I well, would hate but, to see the women Phil dates. With then. the exception of the one who tried to stab me. That one there. Of Wait, Phil's or yours? Mine. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I, I, you had two women that tried to stab no, you? No, just, just the one. Just okay. that one. You, you always stop talking when I'm in the middle of taking a drink <laughs> or a puff on my puffer. I do it because I'm an asshole. You are. Okay. Amelia also had an older cousin that gave birth to an illegitimate daughter that Amelia's aunt and uncle would raise on their own. Then when Sarah died... Her mom, Amelia's mom, Amelia herself would go live with another aunt in Bristol before she would become the apprentice of a corset maker. So knowing this is important because it tells me that her family already has a history of taking in children and caring for them when the child's parents couldn't. Yeah, no, I'm okay. upset, yeah. So there you have it. Samuel, her father, would pass away in, 19, in 1859, at which point... Her oldest brother, Thomas, took over the family shoemaking business. So he became a cobbler. So the last name was like Gobbler or something, wasn't it? No, Hobbly. Oh, okay. Hobbly. So, that make you know what? Cobbly the Gobbly. The Hobbly. Hobblers. Cobblers. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Hobbler. Har- yeah, that's it. Yeah, say it's, it again. It sounds like turkeys trying to drown yeah, our rain. kind of does. But anyways... um. Her oldest brother, Thomas, took over, and at this point, although Amelia had moved away, she was still pretty close to her family. That changed in 1861, when she was only 24 years old. Now, she would, for some unknown reason, become estranged from her siblings, and as a result, she would no longer receive financial support from them, nor would she have any legal claim to the family business. That's because she's a hobgoblin. Keep it up. Which is English for saying hobgoblin. I see where this is going. It's like You're granny midgets. Dumb ass. You should see her picture. She looks very weird. Oh, but she, she's short, so she might fall into your category of dating. And when she gets old, she looks like a fucking little she hobgoblin. She was kind of old in the pictures. But there you go. She's whatever. like a little hobgoblin. Yeah. Since she had no way to support herself, she would actually go to marry a man by the name of George Thomas. George himself was 59. 
So in an effort to minimize the age gap on their marriage certificate, which why bother? My, hun- my husband was 16 years older than me. George would subtract 11 years from his age and she would add six to hers. And as the years passed, people would actually see the age on her marriage certificate and claim that this was in fact her true age. And that's what caused some confusion with historians later as far as her birthday and all, all that other jazz. Um... So, when Amelia married George, she began training as a nurse. Uh, During her training, she met a midwife, because she was also getting into midwifery, named Ellen Dane, who taught her there was, in fact, an easier way for her to make a living. Dane told her that she could use her own residence to take in young women who had gotten themselves pregnant out of wedlock. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I can use my residence to take in young women? Tell me more about this. Are you a midwife? Could be. <laughs> Think of a little Could bit be. of a career. Maybe. <laughs> Might do a career change here. <laughs> yeah. No, you don't want to take in young, unwed, pregnant women, Scott. No, I want young, unwed, not pregnant women. Well, there you have it. That's the difference. Because I don't like children. And pregnant women are bitchy. I'll admit it. I hit my brother over the head with a frying pan when I was pregnant. Look, I've ha- I have, let's just say, more than one <laughs> child or two or ten. Or 20. I know bitchiness when it comes to pregnant oh, women. Hang on a second. There's something going on with my computer, like the battery's going out. Hang on. <laughs> the hell can the battery go out? Plugged into the son of a bitch. Oh, yeah, I see the problem. Oh. Oh, I see. The light wasn't on. <laughs> we had a technical difficulty. This has been the there. week of fucking technical difficulties, I'm telling it you. It has been the week from hell. Anyways, so... Oh, now I lost where I was because you were talking to me. Anyways. No, because um, you were having a technical difficulty. And then we were talking about how I can get young, not pregnant women. I don't women need you to, to talk about house. young, not pregnant women. Anyways, um, this Dane lady would tell her, you know, that she per- could provide them lodging until, until the, they delivered their babies. Then she could farm the babies off to families who wanted to adopt them. Or, and I can see her saying this behind her hand to minimize being overheard because it was kind of like, you know, on the down low. Um, Or just let the infants die of neglect and malnutrition, she said. The fuck? It probably isn't going to come as a surprise when I tell you that Dane was forced to leave the country shortly after that because she had come under the scrutiny of the authorities and she would actually relocate here to the United States. Oh, well, there's a fucking shocker. Let me yeah. guess. Let me guess. She went to Washington because they let Linda Hazard do whatever the fuck they, they want. Good job, Washington. I bet, I'll bet. I'll bet I you don't let even that plot right in here. I don't even know. I didn't even right look into here. it, but you want to put money on? No, I'm kidding. Fucking nasty-ass motherfuckers. Hey, we fucked up in our own country. Let's go to America. Let's yeah. fuck that up, too. Yeah. Okay, I'm done with my soapbox. It's okay. Like idiot well, in 1834, during the Victorian era, the British government passed the Poor Law Amendment Act which eliminated yeah, fathers of illegitimate children from having any sort of financial obligation to said child. So, therefore, they cut out child support. Holy basically. shit. Yeah. All right. You know what? UK, here I come. I'm moving. <laughs> Your kids are old enough. They don't need child support anymore. I don't know how many more kids I have out there, to be honest. I probably well, have like another 30. There's, there's probably... Are your wages being garnished currently for child support? Not currently. Okay, then. Oh, now, here's my fear, is that someday somebody's going to knock at my door. It's going to be like some Asian kid. Knock, knock, knock. 
Who the fuck are you? Oh, are you are my daddy. I go, no, I'm not your dad. They go, oh, fuck me running. Oh, God damn it. That's my kid right there. <laughs> Can't deny it. Yeah, no me. DNA needed. No Wait DNA. <laughs> fuck me running. I play a guitar. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, fuck. Welcome in here, Chow Ming. <laughs> <laughs> Chow Scott Ming. <laughs> yeah, Chow Scott Ming. Fuck. <laughs> So when this act passed, single mothers were left struggling to find a way to earn an income. That's not saying that a single mother doesn't have any of the skills needed. That's just saying during that time. Yes, it is. Society. I'm going to throw something at you. Ma'am, really look- ma'am, you don't have the skills to do that. <laughs> just say it. Look down on unwed mothers. Therefore, nobody wanted to associate themselves with that stigma. So they avoided employing them altogether. The practice led to the rise of baby farming, which on the surface seemed like a better alternative to back alley abortions. Mm, it's a bumper crop this year, Margaret. <laughs> yeah, you've been pregnant three times. You've been no, pregnant three there times. There were legitimate businesses run out of people's homes that young women could go to in order to have someone take care of them until they were able to have their baby. Then once they delivered their child, they would simply leave the unwanted baby there to be cared for as, a nurse, child, as nurse children. Um, as you can just about imagine, considering everything and everyone involved, the single mothers in these predicaments were often taken advantage of. They were essentially used for financial gain. Okay? Is that bad? Because greedy will be greedy. Oh, that's a bad thing. Okay, never mind. Let us put this in perspective, and I'm going to relate this explanation to that era. Not all the girls that found themselves in a family way were destitute. Even girls from nice, respectable families, nobility, often got frisky, and since they really didn't have effective birth control methods, several of them would find themselves needing this type of service. Because they're whores. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Since I'm a numbers kind of gal, let's talk numbers. If a mother hails from an upscale family, the baby farmer could charge a one-time fee of as much as 80 pounds. Um, Since I don't know the conversion, I actually have an app for that. With all the inflation and deflation of the years, 80 pounds, 80 pounds averages to be about $9,700 as of last year. Um, with, and the father, also, if the father also wanted to keep his involvement from being no, known, that fee could be negotiated to an extra 50 pounds, which is an extra $6,000. So that's almost $20,000. No, yeah, $20,000 for one child. I have a new business venture now. Are you gonna are you gonna be a baby farmer? No, a no. legit one? No, here's my plan, okay? Oh here. Okay, let's I, I hear your business. I wanna be a baby plan. farmer and then I'm gonna put him in my backyard, I'm gonna have a little baby fights, and I'm gonna sell tickets to the baby fights. Yeah. It's not like midget wrestling, Scott. Could be. <laughs> bet, come on, Billy, jump off the top rope. You got yeah. him. <laughs> okay. Whatever, dude. So that's the high end of the market. Okay, let's take a look at the low end. The majority of these women were probably considered impoverished, and it wasn't so much a matter of maintaining a reputation as a matter of them being employable. Therefore, they normally were only charged around five pounds, which is roughly $605, which is still quite a bit of money. Considering that is the bulk of your clientele, that turnover is going to be higher, and it's your moneymaker. Shake your moneymaker. Chicka-wow-wow. I'm done. I cannot handle you anymore today. That's okay. what I whispered to your mom. So the high end would then just be your Christmas bonus. 
Okay. <laughs> However, it wasn't just the parents that fell victim to the unethical practices employed by some caregivers. These corrupt people would often resort to simply starving the babies that were farmed out to them. Now, because it even happened over here. Okay. Um, this was done in an effort to not only save on money, but to also hasten their death in order to free up another crib. Uh, when an infant was colicky or the caregiver, the care felt they were just too demanding with their cries, they were quieted down with alcohol or, and or opiates. And a common pr- product used for this purpose was actually called Mother's Friend. It was a syrup that contained opium, and it was literally, the real name for it was Godfrey's Cordial. I need a lot of mother's friend. <laughs> you, shut up. A lot. You need a lot of cough syrup with opiates. Yes. Or you need a lot of mother's friends. Yeah, that too. <laughs> I'll, 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 you know what? I'm not picky. I'll take both. That's cool. Yeah. Since considering an infant's body doesn't have the meta- metabolic capabilities to handle an opiate of any sort, many would die as a result of being given this product. Um. There was a doctor who looked into the practice, and he said that the opium killed far more infants through starvation than directly through overdose because children kept in a state of continued narcotism will be there, thereby disinclined for food uh, and be but imperfectly nourished. An opiate is designed to slow down the system so that as a result, you're not hungry. That is correct. Okay. And they that's... That's in essence why it would eliminate their cries because they have to take deep breaths to develop their lungs and feed oxygen to their body. And so when they can't do that, they're not crying anymore. That makes sense. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. On the surface, the idea and practice of baby farming was filled, was started with good intentions. However, like in this case, with almost anything in this world, nefarious people found a way to exploit the practice for their own gain. The babies that had the misfortune to be placed with such vile individuals um, would often die of severe malnutrition, yet nothing ever came of it. Because I'm sure that they had city officials on their payroll, since many of the death records indicated such, thing, such things as debility or sickly from birth, lack of breast milk, or sometimes just starvation and nothing to indicate the cause. See, the one thing that's irking me already with this fucking story it's the starvation part. And I'll tell you why. Because you and I have touched on this before. We were both raised very poor. Yes. And I was raised so poor that there were times that we didn't even have food. Right. You know? And I am very, 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 very food-centric. You know? That's that's why I work seven days a week. Cause right. In my, in my head, tomorrow, if I quit working for a day, if I take a day off, I'm going to starve. Right. You know? So that that's what's irking me right now. It's just really pissing me off. Is letting anything or anybody starve to death. Right. You know, no, I hear you. And I don't even like kids. Don't get me wrong. No. I can't stand kids, but no, I'm not, but, I wouldn't let one starve to death. Well, and not just that is you wouldn't go killing one either because you believe the same thing I do. Life is valuable. Life is valuable. You know, it doesn't matter who you are, where, what your social class is, what you're going through. Life is valuable. No, I, I totally agree. Yeah. It doesn't matter, you know, uh, yeah. r- age, race, religious background, socioeconomic status. Unless you're a bald, fat guy with a guitar. You matter. <laughs> I matter a lot. No. The ball no, fat guy with I, the guitar doesn't matter. <laughs> you saw at the show how much we matter. <laughs> Dude, that was, it was amazing. I mean. The guys were still talking about it today at practice. See, I couldn't hear myself think, but that was okay. Because I heard Georgia, so I was happy. Because <laughs> uh, I got the crowd nice and loud. Oh, dear God. Yeah, he got, 
A granny dancing and four teenagers moshing. They were over 21. I know, but still. And the one was getting engaged, but I would have banged her friend. I was going to say, they were drunk as fuck. I would have banged their sober friend that was a designated driver. She was cute. Anywho. <laughs> yeah. Some might say that Destiny introduced Amelia to Ellen Dane at exactly the right time. Because shortly after meeting her and learning about the practice of baby farming, Amelia had to leave the nursing field because she herself got pregnant and gave birth to her daughter named Ellen Thomas. Then in 1869, her husband George passed away and she found herself needing to earn an income. Who names a daughter Thomas? Her last name was Thomas. All right, Fred, go ahead. You know what? I'm trying to be serious and you're being a dick. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay. Now, when Amelia learned there was money to be made by becoming a baby farmer, she got to work. When she opened her doors to expectant mother, she began advertising other areas she could be of service. Since she had recently given birth to her daughter, she offered up her services as a wet nurse for a recurring fee. Now, this was a common practice back then because formula wasn't around and people knew that babies couldn't digest animal milk. Therefore, some women would offer to nurse other women's babies, usually the wealthy or if the mother died in childbirth and there was no other way to nourish this child. She also advertised that she was available to adopt a baby for a time for a one-time fee and adequate clothing for the child and that, until she could either, you know, continue to care for the child or pass the child along. Um, let's see. Uh, one would take her their unwanted child to her, pay her a fee to take the child in, then she would be expected to find a family to adopt this child. When people saw her advertisements and would meet with her to discuss their needs, she would be very convincing when she guaranteed them that she was in fact an upright married woman and that she would make sure that their child was safe and cared for until they came. there came such a time she could place them in the home with a kind, loving family or they could come back and get the child. When you see her picture, y'all understand why I'm saying this, but I sure hope she didn't smile when she assured them of this because she's a rather stern-looking woman. And I think if she smiled, it would just be creepy and not reassuring at all. Well, keep in mind, that's the 1800s. Dental practices weren't exactly well, see, um, top well, They all notch. show her teeth, but she's very stern. Like, if she smiled, her face would crack. Have you not seen a lot of pictures from the 1800s and early 1900s? Yeah. They, well, they that's why that. the British have such bad reputations for having bad teeth. Well, yeah, they all look like they're assholes, man. Yeah, well. Like, seriously, and I've got British friends. I was just saying, you know, Freddie Mercury said he wasn't going to get his teeth fixed because, It would you affect know, his singing. Well, it would affect his singing, and then he goes, I'm British anyway, so what difference does it matter, basically? <laughs> is what he said in an interview was hilarious. Uh, I guess he said, he said I don't want to look different or something like that. Um, so sometime in the year 1872, Amelia met and married a guy by the name of William Dyer, who was from the Bristol area. When she met and married him, he had a respectable job as a brewer's laborer. That's right, folks. He was a beer maker. Oh, okay. I want to make sure I was understanding yeah. that right. How awesome is that, I said. You knocked it out of the park, Amelia. Yeah. Congrats, I said, honey. I would love to meet a guy who did that for a living. But I digress. <laughs> the couple would have two children. And a lot of beer. Yeah. They had a girl they named Mary Ann who... Was they an named alcoholic. Mary Ann, but they would call her Polly. And a son by the name of William Samuel, named after her husband and her father. At some point, her and William split up, and I was unable to find out anything that explained why. But after this, it said that Polly would go on to be Amelia's assistant. 
of some sort, nothing is ever mentioned again about what happened to William. Yeah. She baby farmed him. <laughs> Whatever, dude. He probably went to go live with his dad because she's nutso. Um, yeah, it could be. I mean, I can, yeah. I, I can see that. Look, Mom, you're a fucking psycho. I'm out of here. You and Polly have a good time. because yeah. uh, I yeah. hope you've been paying attention to what I'm saying. Because a lot of what I've already discussed is going to come into play later. I have been paying attention, even though right now my phone is lighting up and I should be answering emails. Yeah, of course your phone's lighting up because your phone always lights up when I'm presenting and oh you ignore me. I'm not ignoring you, Fred. <laughs> Anywho's, even though Amelia may have had somewhat good intentions when she set about on this new business venture, since she was since this was way before my time and I never got to meet her. I'm going to play devil's advocate and give her the benefit of the doubt. However, after she and William split up, something happened. She figured out a way to make even more money by taking in even more children. No, she didn't hit a windfall and suddenly had a lot of room. That went in her story right here. No, it would never be as easy as that. She sat down and did some calculations or Scott likes to say she saw a paw print and put it in her notebook. <laughs> My Blue's Clues <laughs> reference because I love Blue's yeah. Clues. And then I said, and, and I don't think, in her case, I don't think it was a paw print from Blue. I think it was the hoof print of Satan. <laughs> um, and figured out that she could simply pass up, she could simply pass up the somewhat inconvenience of outright neglecting the child until they died of starvation. She figured out a way to make it take in more children without incurring more expenses. She would continue to take in unwanted babies, and it's almost as soon as the door was closed behind the parent that just gave their child to a loving caregiver, she would turn around and simply kill them herself. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to falter on that. You want to know why? Now, I know our listeners right now. I know, hey, 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 I know you're listening. Calm the fuck down. They probably aren't anymore, but okay. Let me explain, okay? Starvation is a long, arduous, torturous process. True. If the door's closing and she's like, boom, dead baby, that baby's not suffering. Right. Now, and, and, I, and I don't condone killing babies, by the way. I'm, right. not, I'm not saying, hey, so kill your baby. So don't say but that. She's not making them suffer. I get your point. I yeah. see what so, you're saying. You know what? I would much rather her do that than these other cunts uh, of that are time, starving. That are starving the kids. Okay. No, I I hear what you're saying. So if she's going to kill him anyways, might as well kill him quickly, then make him suffer. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Okay. No, I I hear what you're saying. And I can agree with that point to that point. But Uh, that's it. And let me reiterate, guys. I'm not saying that I advocate for the killing of babies. No. Although. That one. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) When I'm in Walmart, some of y'all got five, six, seven-year-old kids that are little dickheads. They need a spanking, If you happen to run them over with a car or push them off a cliff, mm, maybe I didn't see anything. (laughs) Because your kids are little fucking assholes. Stop it, Scott. Okay. So, this allowed her the opportunity to keep most, if not all, of the fee that she was just paid. Okay? Now, she was able to avoid detection for some time. And then when the police did start looking into her practices, she managed to elude them for a while. However, they finally caught up to her in 1879. It was around this time that an astute doctor became suspicious of the uncommonly high number of child deaths he was called, to, called in to certify that were in her care. Now, you would think, since she's killing babies, practically left and right, there would be some serious repercussions for her actions. Well... If you figured that like I did, then you and I would be 
wrong. <laughs> she wasn't charged with murder at all. She wasn't even charged with manslaughter. No, folks. She would only end up with doing six months of hard labor for the piddly charge of neglect. Neglect. I'm fucking speechless. You and I both. Notice I paused for effect. She also claims that this experience of six months of hard labor almost destroyed her mental stability. What the fuck? Since when did straight up killing an infant equate to neglecting that infant? I was so damn disgusted by this that I actually spent some time researching what a sentence of hard labor consisted of. This is the one you told me about. Okay, I'm on track now. And I found a pretty good article that described it, and I'll share it with you on the website. Um, I'm actually I'm actually going to put together a couple of blog posts. I'm going to put on Medium to explain it. Also, also some naked pictures of me will be on there for our special guests. No, they will not. I don't want to scare anybody away. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I, yeah. I love that look of pure disgust whenever I say weird shit like that. You have because that, my face gives away every emotion I'm ever feeling. It really I does. I can't hide it. And, and, and I'm only making light and making so many jokes during this one here because... Yeah, it's about really, kids. It's about yeah. kids, and you know how kids affect me. Yeah. Uh, seriously, if Amelia Dyer was alive today, I'd probably be in prison if I knew about it because I... Would cut her throat. Yeah, and no. that's that's not even me being a macho man or anything yeah. like that. It's just you don't fucking hurt kids. You just fucking don't hurt kids. Right. Kids no, and exactly. old people, man. Now and puppies. I put in here. I'm going to pause for a brief side note. Side note from side your note. presenter. I'm taking a moment to pause my normally scheduled presentation to clarify something. I've always been the type of person that tries to get as many facts as I can before I start judging someone or something. It has saved me from having to eat crow more than once. Cacao. That being said, with this case, I found myself starting to judge little Miss Amelia on her minor charge and sentence for a major offense. So before I got on the air and sounded like a jackass in front of the whole world, I did some research. Believe me when I tell you that this was not an easy task. I almost felt like I was prospecting for gold in a river full of, you know, the phony shit. Um, let's see. When I thought of hard labor, I thought I was pic- I pictured in my head doing, you know, long work days, doing things similar to what people have to do when they're sentenced to community service. I'll admit it. I was way off base. Um, I was able to find out some interesting eye-opening information that I'm going to summarize. Um, yeah. And I basically say that for those who are curious or if they want information in case it comes up as their final Jeopardy clue. Um, it took me... A shit ton of digging. But I was able to find out what sort of hard labor Amelia would have been tasked with doing. Considering she's a female, and even though she was sentenced to six months hard labor, she was automatically placed in what they called classification hard labor of the second class. Similar to hard labor of the first class, think medium and minimum security with first class. I don't even know what hard labor of the first class is. That's what I'm trying to explain. Oh, okay. I thought you went off on this. No. My my bad. My bad. No. You know, I'll just shut the fuck up and let you talk. So they're similar, but um, think medium and minimum security with first class being medium security. Oh, okay. With first class, um, a prisoner would be expected to work anywhere from six to ten hours per day, excluding mealtime, for six days a week. And they weren't to do hard labor on Sundays, Christmas, Good Friday, or any other day that was appointed for public fast and Thanksgiving. Okay? The difference between the classes simply meant the type of work they were signed. Okay? This is while they're incarcerated. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm digging. Yeah. 
four prisoners signed a hard labor. The first class, just reading out the things they were expected to do, made me want to fall down and and fake an injury like they do in soccer. Uh, Yet when it came to hard labor of the second class, these work assignments would vary from facility to facility. That being said, I did find out what hard labor would would have consisted of for Amelia at the exact facility she was in. And which was Newgate Prison, she more than likely would have been assigned to one of three labor details, tailoring and sewing, where they would make the prisoner clothing, knit stockings, or sew sew sacks, gardening, because each prison facility had their own garden that the prisoners tended to, and the best produce would be sold at market to earn money for the jailers, or oakum picking. If you don't know what oakum is, don't feel bad. Okay. Neither did Scott and I. Okay, just, I thought you were going to say okra, and no. I know what okra is. No, oakum. And I said neither did Scott and I. To save you the trouble of looking it up yourself, here's what it is. It's a tarred fiber that's long since been used in building or repairing seafaring vessels. To pick oakum, prisoners were given a pile of old rope, which they would have to untwist into strands. And after they did this, they would take each strand and unroll it. Until the mesh came loose, and this the best way to do that would be to place it on their knee and roll it back and forth with their palms. You know, like oh, what hard work! I know, oh, right? Oh my goodness, that would that would strain me mentally. I know how she's mentally strained now. You yeah. poor thing! What a fucking yeah. Twat. However, as is the ex, ex, as is the exception with every rule, the medical staff was to examine prisoners periodically to certify they were still able to perform their work assignments. And if at any point they were deemed unfit for hard labor first class, they moved them to second class. And if the surgeon felt that they were not fit for either class, then they weren't to be assigned to work detail until they were fit again. I have a question because we bring up Carl all the time. Where the fuck were these guys? These guys should have been in Carl Penn's grand prison. Yeah, why, I'm leave it why did not the freaking U.S. officials adopt the Victorian era... You know, because I found statutes from that time frame. Well, I'm, t- I'm stuck on Carl again, and you and I talked about this before we were recording today. Here, as of late, you and I have gotten into so many arguments with people who saying shit about Carl Pendram that just fucking yeah. isn't true. So now I'm yeah. back on Carl Pendram, just like I was for the Scotty and Squad yeah. show, being stuck on the bandana-wearing fucking lizard. No, I'm stuck on him, too, because I was reading some reviews on Amazon about, remember the documentary you and I saw? Yeah. Some people were saying how they were tired of hearing about how the Judeo-Christian blah, blah, blah. The Judeo-Christian blah, 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 making excuses. And Carl's just making excuses and he's manipulating people. I said, first of all, I couldn't respond to him, but I wanted to. First <coughs> of all, if they were sat down and read the pens and papers, which I'm getting a copy of, by the way. Somebody's emailing them to me. I was going to ask you about that because you said that they were on their way. So I'm like chomping at the bit. Yeah, they're emailing them to me. I can't wait. Um, so anyways, my whole thing is if they read the pens and papers or they took the time to research him, he never once made any excuses. He said... Yes, I started doing this because of this is what was done to me. But he did it as a way to no longer be a victim. And he did actual hard labor. Yeah. That's what that's what that, that, that's what's chapping my ass. Knowing that she's bitching about fucking. Oh, it was mentally taxing. I just sew for a living, fuckers. Oh, shut up, you twat. Or garden. Or garden. Give me a break. I man. know, right? There were people out I there. I did harder work on work crew on community service. Yeah, Shit. I was just say me too. When I as got I was pregnant, <laughs> I wasn't pregnant. When I, I did was work this crew. one time, yeah. But yeah, you know, that's fucking this. But you know, even yeah. in today's society, we got people like that. Like, and I, and I, I, I saw that on work crew. 
Yeah. Because uh, I'm when it comes to organizing a crew and people working together, I'm great at that. And we had one crew chief that fucking hated my guts. Because oh, I bet. I organized everybody. The other ones were like, okay, Scott, you take care of it. We're just going to hang out over here. But uh, one of them just fucking hated me because I was more efficient. I don't understand why they'd hate you. No, yeah, no, only the one did. Because he wanted to drag it out all fucking day. Oh, of course. And I'm like, no, we can get this done. Everybody gets a rest. Nobody's going to be exhausted at the end of this bullshit. But yeah, it was, you know, we had people on there that would be, I can't believe we got to mow these lawns and parks. Oh, I know. Oh, we have to empty trash cans. Shut the fuck up. Dude, we're not like, not like we're breaking rocks or anything. Yeah, it's not like we're attached to a ball and chain using a pickaxe on a rock for no purpose. No shit. Seeing <laughs> things like, you know, like, like swing low, sweet chair. I'm on the chain gang. Go on the chain gang, anything like that. You're mowing. You got a fucking power mower, for fuck's sakes. Yeah, go home. You can do it there, too. Yeah. That's yeah. Mowing, not just for work yeah. crew anymore. Yeah. So, that being said, um, when she got out, she needed to find something to do, right? It said that she had started to drink alcohol to excess. Um, and my suggestion for her, it was in that alcohol, a little bit of cyanide. Oh, well, she did put opiates. <laughs> oh, too bad she didn't know. And OB. I guess she did this very early on when she was, before she even went to jail. So whatever mental instability she might have possibly had may in fact be as a result of her addictions. Oh, totally. So totally at least exacerbated by it. Here because she worked, I'm not even going to get to, I'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> after she finished serving her six months of hard labor, hard labor, she returned to, to do what she did before. She continued to be a nurse and a baby farmer, but she did make some changes. But well, they, the point is they, they allowed her to still be a baby farmer. Like, seriously. Yeah, this That's, is just, I'm going to explain this well, in a second. back, and this is how my mind's working, and I, and I know you'll explain this, but here's in my mind, okay? Let's say you were a baby farmer. You're Amelia, okay? You got busted. We're like, dude, you fucked up. When you get out... Guess what you're not allowed to do? Like, I'm going to knock at your door. Are you baby farming in there? Well, yeah. yes, I am. Huh? Guess what, bitch? You're back in fucking prison. Yeah. That's you, like baby letting a child molester get a job in a daycare. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, let's see, Bill. What are you? Oh, you raped five children and multiple little girls. Okay. I see that you're good with people. It says right there <laughs> that you didn't shank, uh, what's his name, Spider. When he uh, when, when he tried to start, so that's pretty good. You're a people person. You're hired. Just we're gonna leave you alone with these children. We're gonna go take a break. Fucking yeah. idiots, man. Let's just leave you in the nursing room. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be fine. Don't yeah. worry. He went to prison. He did his time. Yeah. He would never molest kids again. Yeah, I said, but she did. She made some changes, but she made one. Actually, she only made one little change. But I'm getting a little ahead of myself. So. In 1890, a governess had an illegitimate baby, and she hired Amelia to take care of it. When she came back to visit her child one day, something about this way this baby looked and the way Amelia was acting made her suspicious. It had a third eye and was no. like, Ugh. She immediately stripped the baby's clothes off to check to see if the distinct birthmark on its hip was present. It was not. And the governess reported it to the police. When the authorities questioned her, she either had or pretended to have a breakdown. At one point, she even chugged two whole bottles of laudanum 
Your laudanum. In a desperate attempt to commit suicide, however, due to her addiction, her tolerance for the opiate <laughs> had built up so much that it didn't even didn't even get her high. Yeah, her body's like, bitch, please. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> you take this when you wake up in the morning. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So after this event is when she returned to being a baby farmer. And she made one little change that would make a difference for a while. She knew that she was what she was doing wrong the first time, and she set out to correct that. She bought a box of markers so she could put birthmarks back on yeah, the babies. No. Now, you would think that since killing the babies was what landed her in prison, that she would just stop killing. You would think. But no. That would be too easy and not as lucrative. The change she made was in having the doctors come and issue death certificates for the infants. Instead, she just took care of the bodies herself. Oh, Jesus H. Yeah. Christ. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, even though she cut out the middleman, so to speak, when it came to get rid of, getting rid of the dead bodies, by the very nature of her enterprise, she again started to gain unwanted attention from others. Oh, you think? This time, she was very much aware that the authorities were keeping an eye on her, not to mention the parents that simply left their children in her charge and were now wanting them back. They couldn't get them. <laughs> she and her family would often just pick up shop and go to different towns where they were not known a place where they could assume a new identity open up a new business and continue to do what they had become so good at doing killing babies for profit it was determined that over the years she utilized utilized a plethora of aliases now i actually did try to figure out how many she used because i want to compare to carl who had used 12 (laughs) carl used 12 in a matter of like five years remember that so I was like, I wonder if she's got anything on him, but I couldn't find it. So every time it seemed like she was going to have to answer for her actions, Amelia would suddenly have a breakdown of sorts. And when she had one of these episodes, she would be committed to an asylum for a period of time. And she, um, however, in 1893, she was committed to a Somerset to Somerset at Bath Lunatic Asylum. And it said that this particular stay was not very pleasant for her. So when she was released, she never had another such episode again. So they probably wanted to do a electroshock or something on her, right? I want to dig up her body and do electroshock on I it. I know, dude. I want to bring her back to life, just to kill her. And uh, yeah, and I, I really wanted to defile her. Like yeah. I would. Uh, that, that's just it's it's the kid thing, man. You know what? How about a new rule? We don't do yeah. anything that involves fucking kids. I fucking... Well, we said that before, but if that would limit us on a lot of cases. God, man. You see, the thing is, is we just have to... Starving them. That, that, that's what's killing me right now is the oh. fucking starving. Well, sh- remember, she chose not to do that anymore. We're like, okay, okay. L- let me tell you how, I t- how much I take this seriously. Right, I know. Jake's a big kid. Right. Okay, and I was actually worried because he is losing weight and I hadn't seen him eat that he's not eating. Recently? Not today, because oh. I saw him walk by with a sandwich. No, I was going to say recently as in that yeah, yeah, oh, within, when he was younger is what I was No, 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 within the last okay. probably like month, right? Okay. And, you know, I'm saying, dude, you are eating, right? Like, I want to make sure he's eating. Uh, dude, if you're trying to lose weight by starving yourself, that's just stupid. Don't you, don't you have to eat? Yeah, because you'll eventually, your body will retain the weight just to keep alive. In order for muscle to survive, it yeah. has to eat fat. But what happens when you're out of the fat stores that it would normally eat? It eats have? itself. It eats itself. Right. It's got to eat something to stay alive. Right. That's why people die of like organ failure and shit like that right. when they're starving to death. You know, um, and so yeah, I mean, it's, I won't let, I literally won't let anybody go hungry. No. 
I never You've have. You've often told me when I say, God, I'm kind of hungry. You, you know where the kitchen is, bitch. That's exactly. You know where the <laughs> kitchen is? I've got every fucking food known to man. Pretty much. You know. Well, Whether I, mean, I want to cook it or not. Well, it, I mean, if you wanted something like lobster calamari, I'd have to, Go you to know, the store for me? Go to the store. Nothing. I'll have to import that shit. Oh. <laughs> Please. My bad. My bad. I thought maybe you would just go to the store. But no, I forget. You're rich and can fly it in for me. I would, yeah. I, I know you would. Because, and I'll, I'll tell you why. The uh, Atlantic lobster, to me, tastes it's, a yeah. lot better than Pacific. It is. It does taste else. better. Yeah, it's, it's just got a different flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, calamari, I really want it from a very reputable Greek place. Where? Greek. Oh. Because Greeks make the best calamari. I know you Italians out there. I'm not an Italian. No, no, no. I'm talking to our listeners. I know you all are sitting there going, no, uh us Italians do. Take a big step back, sit your butt down. It's us Greeks. You know, you're Greek. You should make me some moussaka. I haven't had that in like fucking forever. Yeah, that's good shit. Anyways, so I'm going to tell you a story. A one woman's real life horror story. But I'm going to tell it to you. Hold on. I, I want to start a little tiny fire. And put on my jam jams. I actually have foot, footy jam jams. I know you do. Anyways, it's, I'm going to tell it to you in two parts. Okay? Part one is through the mother's eyes. Um, Evelina Marmon, she was a 25-year-old barmaid. She was very well liked in the area. Happened to get pregnant out of wedlock. So she gave, in January of 1896, she gave her daughter Doris. She, ha- she gave birth to her daughter at a local boarding house. And she wanted to keep her baby, but she didn't have a way to care for her beautiful new daughter and work at the same time. So she be- figured the best way to deal with this situation was to farm out her baby for a period of time until she could find a ma- way to make it work. She had every intention of reclaiming Doris when she was, when she was able to. Um, so she put out an ad in the miscellaneous section of the local newspaper, and it said, wanted respectable woman to take young child. Now, it happened that when her ad, her ad was printed right next to it in the same paper, said married couple with no family would adopt a healthy child, nice, nice country home, terms 10 pounds. Okay. She responded to this ad, and um, she met this lady by the name of Mrs. Harding, and even though she wanted to pay the you know, recurring fee, this woman talked her into paying the one-time fee, the $10 fee. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and said, you know, I have no child of my own. You know, we'll, they'll have a good home and a mother's love, basically. Okay. So when she saw how well this woman was with her daughter, she said, you know what? I will go ahead and... And give it, you know, do it. Even though the woman didn't look young at all, by any means. Okay. Um, so, she was so distraught at having to leave her daughter with this woman that she was actually, took them to the train station, and then she would travel with them till they got to, and I've tried to pronounce this name in another podcast, it's Gloucester? Gloucester. Okay. Shortly after saying goodbye to her baby, she returned to the boarding house with a heavy heart. And a few days after that, she received a letter from Mrs. Harding letting her know that everything was going great. Yet when she wrote back, she never heard another word. Okay? Oh, man. Yeah. Now, from, the, uh, from a killer's eyes, no matter who's telling the side of the story, it all matches up until you get to the fact when 
the lady left them to go on to Gloucester. Okay. That is when Amelia didn't go further into reading as she had said, indicated, um, she did actually just go to her daughter's place right across town. Okay. And so that she could take care of business. She had to do what she need, what she needed to do to keep doing what she's always done. As soon as she walked through her daughter's door, she went straight for the sewing kit, grabbed the edging tape that the, that dressmakers use. She then wrapped the tape around little Doris's neck twice before tying it off in a nice knot. One thing we know we can know for certain is that Doris did not die a quick and painless death. No, God, what Her a death fucking would be con. one of agonizing length. The sickest part is that's exactly the way Amelia liked it. At some point, the process of killing the baby she promised to take care of, her process had gone from an easy way to make a buck to a sick, sadistic pleasure in watching them suffer. She would later refer to the whole thing by saying, I used to like to watch them with the tape around their neck, but it was, was soon all over for them. Yeah. So... After little Doris finally took her last agonizing breath, both women wrapped her little body in a napkin of the clothing that Evelina uh, sent along with her. She kept, they kept a few of the items, but the rest they take to a pawn shop and sell for even more money. And since it was time for Amelia to pay her rent, she took some of the money from the one-time payment up to her landlady and handed her some new boots for her little girl. What a cunt, man. Yeah. Jesus it Christ. It wouldn't even be 24 hours before they did the same thing to another little baby. This time it was a little boy named Harry Simmons. And yet this time there was a glitch. They had used the last of the edging tape on Doris. And one, and not one, to, not one to wait or waste. Amelia just took the tape off Doris's neck and raised it on Harry, who was only 13 months old. Then they put both of the babies in a carpet bag, added some bricks, and um, they headed over to Reading where um, they found a secluded area somewhere near Caversham Lock. And that's where she unceremoniously forced the carpet bag between the gaps in the railing so that it could fall and sink to the depths of the Thames. Okay? What a rotten, disgusting twat. Now... Yeah, so now when Amelia dumped these two babies into the river on April 2nd, she had no idea that just three days before, a bargeman had pulled up a similar package. And because in that one, she didn't calculate the weight well enough, and the package surfaced to a point where it was easily detected. And this particular container held the body of a baby girl who would later be identified as as Helena Fry. Now... You have to understand that this was the 19th century, an area when the police force, although it was staffed, didn't have the tools and education they have today. However, with a somewhat slim detective department that worked out of this police bureau. Including Sherlock Holmes. Yes. Well, they call him the detective constable, so that's what I pictured. Um, (laughs) Come along, Watson. He had a vital breakthrough. He discovered a label on the packaging that was from Temple Mead Station in Bristol. And with the aid of a microscopic analysis... He, you know, the little microscope. Got, I'm thinking that they got the little <laughs> the handheld little magnifying fucking glass. magnifying glass. I'm telling you. Hmm, uh, Watson, was, I see a clue. Yeah, he was actually able to take a closer look at the paper. And he saw that it, uh, there was a name there called Mrs. Thomas. And he found a complete address. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm this, glad she's fucking stupid, too. Yeah. Not this, only is she a cunt, she's fucking yeah. she's a stupid well, cunt. Don't they always do something stupid? 
I'm glad. You, yeah. You know, okay, I've said this before. If she was killing adults, mm-hmm. you know, by and large, don't give a fuck. Don't. Right. But when, when you take advantage of or kill children or the elderly, right. which are the two, two of the, 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 the largest groups of vulnerable right. people, that's what flips my fucking asshole switch like nothing does else. You, does it make your butt pucker? No, it makes my foot want to seriously step on Amelia's fucking throat. And yeah. then, just when she's ready to die, let her get some air to do it again. That's yeah. what it makes me feel like. I just, I don't believe it. These no, are babies. I agree. Because, yeah, they're defenseless, literally. Yeah. Yeah, they couldn't fight back if they wanted to. So this monumental discovery actually pointed right to her. But there's one catch. Just because the container used to dispose of the body could be linked to her, there... That wasn't something that could link her to the murder. When they began to interview witnesses and talk with the police in Bristol, they knew there was ample cause for concern. They just needed something to link her to the crime. That's when they started to watch her. They started to surveil her actions. And they knew, based on what they had learned from other police departments, that if she even caught the slightest inkling she was under suspicion, she'd disappear. Sometimes I feel like somebody's watching me. You can't get no privacy? Can't get no privacy. Whoa, whoa. Okay. That's the first thing I fucking thought of. I went yeah. right back to the fucking 80s. Uh, yeah. In order to catch her, they had to be smarter than her. When you consider the era, hard. the idea they came up with today would be commonplace. But then it was almost ingenious. They sent a young woman in as a decoy to set up a face-to-face meeting with her on the pretense of acquiring her services. Some say it was done so they could get the evidence they needed. Others say it was just a surefire way to make sure that she was there when they went to arrest her. <laughs> my question is, does it really matter what the reasoning was if it worked? Here's my thing. Now, I know that the Bobbies don't use the guns in the England. Yeah, they don't. They don't even use them in Canada at that time. Here's I don't know if they do now. but Oh, yeah. The cops, the, the, the RCMP. Oh, yeah. I know they didn't heat. back in that, that era. Here's what I think that the cops should have done. Shot her? They didn't have guns, but you take that nightstick. Oh, yeah, beat her a couple times. You break her fucking arms and legs, a couple of ribs. Then you look at her, you whip out your dick, and you piss on her face. See, Scott's not into torture or violence at all. People like that fucking disgust me. You know, and if people didn't know, I mean, people who know you know you're just like, because you're angry about the whole situation. But those who don't know you think you're probably a mean motherfucker. Okay. He's one of the nicest guys I've met. Let's, let, let's have a private moment with Scotty. Boys and girls, I'm actually a pretty chill dude, okay? Yeah. I'm the guy who will literally, and as Squatch put up, I'm kind of well off, but I'm the guy who gives you the shirt off my back in a heartbeat, in a yeah. fucking heartbeat, because in my eyes, it's just money. I don't give I a shit. Say, he's even offered to be my emergency contact, because mine doesn't ever answer her phone. <laughs> but... um. When it comes to anything like when it comes to like child molesters or people who abuse babies and, and, and children and and, sh- and you know what else? I don't take the bullshit where people go. It was the way that I was raised, motherfuckers. I was raised in an abusive household yeah, and I was too. abusive myself. I took the steps to change my fucking life. It's a choice you make. A fucking choice. Right. But wait a minute, Scott. I was molested as a kid. That's why I molest kids. Fuck you too. I was gonna say, shut up. I was molested. 
I don't go molesting kids. It's very predominant in, in dudes, you know. Yeah. If, if they well, get I know some women who do, too. And, and women too. But, yeah, you know, it's a choice. Yeah. If you know you get that, that, that proclivity, you make the choice. You make the choice to change your fucking life. I don't believe in those kind of fucking excuses. All in all, though, guys, I'm a pretty fucking decent dude. Yeah. Okay? I just believe right is right. And wrong is wrong. You don't molest babies. You don't beat babies. You don't uh, fucking beat up on old people or the, 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 like the mentally infirm or anything like that. Yeah. Be a decent fucking person. Well, and I can see you being that way for somebody beating on a woman, too. I've been into fistfights. Oh, my I God. Believe you I have. can tell you stories. I saw one guy. Um, this was, it was only a couple of years ago, maybe two or three years ago. I was, uh, I was at the mall for one of the rare times I was at a mall because I fucking hate malls. And this guy, fucking, I saw him backhand his old lady, and out of my truck I came. Yeah. And uh, he thought he was big and tough until I laid him out. You don't fucking beat up on your women. Yeah. You just don't. Now, with that said, with that said, and I've said this before, if a woman's on top of me and my choices are knock her out or die because she's, like, got a knife, I'm not going to fucking die. That's a talk. If your life depends on it. Well, there's a then, difference. Then by all means, knock yeah. her the fuck out. But then I'm that way, yeah, I'm that way with pretty much anything, you know? So. just The, the subject just pisses me off. I know it Anything does. with hurting fucking, I mean, because think about, think about, how can that baby defend itself? It can't. I was going to say, it, and you know what, and our listeners too, if you can give me one way that baby can defend itself, I'll send you a grand. I'll send you a thousand dollars. Now I'm on the hunt. No, There's no way. It's impossible. No, it's, it, it is impossible. This is there a baby. There's no way that baby can defend itself in any way. That baby knows one thing in its life right there. To cry and eat. And, it, and trust. It trusts everything. Yeah. It has no choice. It hasn't yeah. learned to be a fucking skeptical, well, uh, a skept, a skeptical well, asshole like me. Well, they say that that's why a lot of women who have um, not insecurity issues but like don't feel love in their life will have a child because they have unconditional love then. But yeah. It's, I mean, no, I agree with you right there is that it boils down to this person cannot defend themselves. That's why it bothers me when, uh, on our medical Mondays, when we feature people who kill people in, you know, like convalescent homes or old people homes pisses me off. Oh, 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 pisses me off. Don't even get me started on that. I hate, hate, hate. Yeah. You know what tore my heart out? I'm going to share a story you haven't even heard before. My grandma Pearlie, I'm going to try to keep my composure because I haven't been taking my crazy pills today, so I'm Uh over emotional. When she was in an old folks home, I remember her begging me to get her out of there. And I couldn't do it, not because of I couldn't take her. I had no no way to take care of her. Right, exactly. I understand. You know, um, at the time I was, uh, it was me and uh, my second wife. We were living in a condo. It's before I bought the big house in Tualatin. So when you were living in Lake Oswego and the doors started going crazy that one night? Yeah. Okay. That's, 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 that that sure same place. Okay. Because my grandma was a very powerful woman. But she begged me. And I stood outside her door and I cried. Oh, I bet you did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, continue. You want me to keep going? Yeah, because okay. I'm going to end up crying thinking about it. Will. And I'm going to pop a pill. You know what the sad part is? Is I probably would cry with you, too. These crazy um, pills. These are crazy pills. So, needless to say, one day, Amelia opened her door to greet her new prospective client, but she was greeted by detectives. And on April 3rd, 1896, which coincidentally was a good Friday, 
authorities raided her house. Good Friday by sticking that goddamn billy clip yeah. up her fucking ass and, and taking out her head. And as soon as they walked through the door, they were hit with the undeniable funk that could only be the decay of human remains. However, they never found any on the premises. What they did find was a plethora of other evidence that could tie her to the crime. They found telegrams that tied her to adoption arrangements. They found tickets from pawn shops. They located receipts for the ads she had placed. Um, however, the most damning evidence of all would definitely be the supply of wet, white edging tape that was found amongst her other items. When detectives sifted through the evidence they collected, they were able to determine that in the previous few months alone, I couldn't find the exact time frame. However, since they said few, I'm going to assume at least three. This Mrs. Thomas herself had at least 20 children placed in her care. They positively identified that Mrs. Thomas was Amelia, and they were lucky they even caught her because they found evidence that she was getting, to, getting ready to leave again. <coughs> uh, with everything they collected and the rate of murder they discovered, there are some estimates out there that suggest that over the decades, she herself was responsible for the death of over 400 babies. And if these estimates are correct, then she is one of the most prolific serial killers in peacetime history. Now, she was finally arrested, and this time she was charged with murder. Um, they also arrested her son-in-law at the time, and when they dredged the Thames that fateful month of April, they found six additional bodies, including her last two victims. And each of them had the telltale white edging tape. And she would later tell detectives that that's, that was how you could tell it was one of mine, if they had the tape around their neck. It was 11 days later that Evelina Marmon, um, who had entrusted Amelia's, her daughter to Amelia, would come and identify her daughter's remains. Now, early May, inquiries are made, and this is when they decided, you know what? This is it. She's the one. He didn't, you know, her daughter and Arthur didn't have anything to do with it. Um, they, couldn't, they couldn't actually place them as her accomplices. So she would sit down and write out a confession of sorts, and I'm going to read it for you. It says, sir, will you kindly grant me the favor of presenting this to the magistrates on Saturday, the 18th instant, I have made this statement out. For I may not have the opportunity then, I must relieve my mind. I, my mind. I do know and I feel my days are numbered on this earth, but I do feel it is an awful thing drawing innocent people into trouble. I do know I should have to answer before my maker in heaven for the awful crimes I've committed. But it's, And she uses no punctuation, which is making it hard for but me. But she also said innocent people in the trouble. She killed innocent people, you dumb yeah. twat. You fucking yeah. killed innocent babies, you yeah. stupid fucking cow. Yeah. I do know I should have to answer before my maker in heaven for the awful crimes. Let's see. But as God Almighty is my judge in heaven on an earth, neither my daughter... Mary Ann Palmer, nor her husband, Alfred Ernest Palmer, I do most solemnly declare neither of them had anything to do at all to do with it. They never knew I contemplated doing such a wicked thing until it was too late. I'm speaking the truth and nothing but the truth. As I hope to be forgiven, I and I alone must stand before my maker in heaven to answer it all. Wit to answer it all, witness my hand, Amelia Dyer, April 16th, 1896. Now, on May 22nd of that year, she stood at the Old Bailey where she pled guilty to just one murder, and that was of Little Doris. 
It was also, it was also that Amelia had been able to evade discovery several times in the past. Prosecutors provided significant evidence from a witness who spoke to Amelia on an occasion when she was at the Caversham lock dumping two bodies. Her family and friends would go on to testify that they themselves had grown uneasily skeptical of her activities and her own daughter, Polly, gave detailed testimony that was sure to seal, seal Amelia's fate. Now, her defense attorney tried to offer up insanity by bringing in the documentation of the two times she had been committed to an asylum. However, the prosecution was ready and they countered that her supposed mental instability had nothing more than a carefully thought out ploy she would use to evade detection. They argued this on the basis that they lined up perfectly with the occasions that she, be, that she had become suspicious that her deeds would be discovered. Okay? Now, and what has to be the fastest deliberation I have ever had the privilege of seeing in all the research I've done to date, the jury returned a verdict of guilty after four and a half minutes. Sweet. You know yeah. what, jury? I know you all are dead, but fucking kudos. Yeah. You guys didn't even leave the jury box. Yeah. That's what happened. Like I said, four and a half minutes, that's not even time for you to walk into the jury room. That's so you turned around. What do you all think? Yeah, me too. Yeah, you know what? Fuck her. Yeah. Let's, let's have a cup. Of, let's have a cup of tea. We're going to have a cup of tea now. Yeah. She would only be she would only sit in her condemned cell for three weeks before they executed her, Scott. Three weeks too fucking long. Yeah. In the three weeks she filled five notebooks with what she called her last true and only confession. And when the chaplain came to her cell and asked her if she had anything she'd like to confess, she handed him the notebooks and said, Isn't this enough? So the bizarre thing about this is um, she was actually issued a subpoena ordering her to appear as a witness in Polly's trial. However, this in its, even though that in itself isn't bizarre, the bizarre part is that the trial was set for the week after she was to be executed. <laughs> I don't think she's going to make yeah. it. Well, in British law back then stipulated that once a person was sentenced to death, that is the day they were declared legally dead. Due to this stipulation, any evidence she would or would not be able to provide, whether she was alive at that time or not, it was inadmissible. So that, <laughs> they weren't going to let that delay her execution. Um. On the night before she was executed, she received word that her daughter's charges had been dismissed. And the next morning, she was led to the gallows um, to be hanged. Um, and when the executioner asked her if she had any last words, she said, I have nothing to say. That's when he pulled the lever and the floor beneath her gave way and her body dropped. It was 9 a.m. on the dock. She bet her neck broke so quick. I was hoping. In well, there were some things I read and I didn't put them in here about how they had to make special allowances because she was so short to make sure it worked right. I don't think that they should have. Met. I think that maybe her foot, her feet may have well, wanted to touch the ground. Just I a little told you about bit. that one lady who, uh -huh. who, who killed. She only killed one person, so we can't feature her in this one. But when they went to go hang her, the neck, the rope was wrong and it just decapitated her and her head fell at the spectator's feet. I was like, <gasps> I think that she should have had to twitch at the gallows. No, for a I'm telling bit. you. Yeah. Feel a little bit of that torture that she put those babies. Yeah. Through. So this there's some other interesting facts about this case. Um, there's never determined how many children had been murdered by her. However, when you look at the information from the mother, mother she had been in contact with, the testimony of witnesses, and the evidence gathered, um, the, number indicate, the number indicated it was plenty for sure. 
Needless to say, her case caused a huge scandal. And that's when she became known as the Ogress of Reading. And this is something you may or not may or may not appreciate, Scott, but her case was even the inspiration of a well-known ballad. <laughs> Are you ready? The old baby farmer, the wretched Miss Dyer, at the old Bailey, her wages is paid. In times long ago, we'd have made a big fire and roasted so nicely that wicked old Jade. Sweet. Yeah. I might want to use that in the next song that I, I write. I bet you will be, yeah. She might inspire um, me to write a fucking pissed off song. Yeah. And the if anything positive could come out of this case, which I try to see a positive note too, is it would be that the adoption laws were almost immediately made stricter. And they would give local authorities the ability to police baby farms with the intent to stop abuse. That's people good. Did, uh, people also began to truly inspect the personal ads that were being placed in newspapers. However, you and I both know that criminals will be criminals. And as is evident today, trafficking and abuse of children and infants didn't cease to occur. No, it still happens to yeah. this day. Um, so anyways, I want to share one more thing before I get into my final thoughts is there have been some rumors and suggestions floating about that Amelia being connected to another famous case out of Britain, considering she was a very prolific killer that was alive and active during the time Jack the Ripper was targeting I was victims. thinking the same thing. Some have suggested that the Ripper was Amelia herself. Now, an author by the name of William Seward offered up the suggestion. However, he states that his primary said suspect is another lady by the name of Mary Piercy. Although it's something to think about, keep in mind that there really isn't anything that connects Amelia to the Ripper murders and she's even been list and she's never been listed as a viable suspect. However, this tidbit pit, tidbit of information gave me pause because I myself had never once considered the Ripper murders to have been committed by a woman. I'm going to exonerate her on that one there only because fair is fair. I'm not that I, I, I'll reiterate, Amelia, hopefully you can hear this in hell. You're a fucking cunt. She's too much of a coward. Amelia, you're too much of a coward. This is true. She would never do been that face-to-face face shit. She's just going to, yeah. She, you are way too much yeah. of a gutless, spineless piece of garbage to have been the Ripper. The Ripper, by the way, dissected Yeah, that's his why they're saying it was with, a woman because they with, think that she was committed. Fucking you know. medical precision. And that takes bravery, okay? Oh, yeah, that's it true. It takes time and bravery. This stupid cunt didn't yeah. have that. She didn't, not at all. And if you're, a mil- if you're related to a million dire, fuck off. Yeah. Your whole family, fuck off. That's yeah. just, I'm, I'm, I'm that fucking disgusted by this shit. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm over so. here just steaming. Just, I'm, I, after we record this, I gotta go in the back and fix a fence. You're going to hammer some nails real hard. Oh, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah, that, that's getting so, fixed. So I'm going to pass this on to you for just a second. I'm going to ask you whether you think Amelia's descent into murder would be attributed to nature or nurture. Oh, combination of both. I think that she was born a piece of shit and that uh, her mom, the problems that she had with her mom. Um, that's a different way of looking at it. I didn't think of it that way. The problems that she had with her mom contributed to that. Then you have the opioid use. The alcoholism, I think that she probably had pre-existing mental conditions right? as well. And during that time period, a lot of mental conditions, uh, from what I can ascertain, is nutritional. Right. Um, you know, and, and even to this day, 
people who don't get the right nutrition don't have proper brain function. Right. You need specific vitamins and minerals right. to to activate the the proper release of chemical chemicals in your brain if you have a normal brain. Right. I don't because I, you know, I've used so many fucking drugs I fucked up my uh, my serotonin. I don't believe uh, you had a normal receptors. brain before you did drugs. But I, go ahead. I, well, I'm a musician. What the fuck do you expect? <laughs> but um in a, in a normal body, normal brain, you need specific things mm-hmm. to to help you. When people think of nutrition, right. they think of like, I want to be stronger, or I want to be leaner, or I want to well, bulk up. your brain is a muscle itself. Your brain is the greatest muscle that you have. Besides my butt, yes. <laughs> your butt could eat Tokyo. Um, oh, <laughs> ow! Was that a fat joke, bitch? I got you back on the fat jokes, motherfucker. Oh, my God. You like that one? I did. Oh no! You just called me Godzilla. There goes Tokyo. Go go, Buttzilla. But um, but you know, the things that contribute to things like cancers, uh, outside of being genetic, right? Um, a lot of it is is basic things like um, not enough water. Yes. Okay, especially clean water. Now, we're talking 1800s England. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure the Brita filter wasn't around then. I'm pretty sure it wasn't and either. And neither was like Arrowhead water or... Uh, yeah, no. I'm pretty sure they took it directly out of the Thames. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and well, currently... It's like taking it out of the Willamette. What the fuck did I buy? Uh, crystal Geyser. We got like a couple of whole gallons of Crystal Geyser going on because we drink bottled water. I do, too. Um, Because our tap water just sucks. I, don't, was, I can taste the metal. I hate it. I think, no matter where I'm at. When I had a place on the other side of Vancouver, um, the water was great. But here, because we're in an older area of Vancouver, it fucking sucks. But um, so you got to imagine, not exactly the cleanest water in the world. Right. Probably not the right nutrition. Right. Not the right vitamins, not the right min- minerals and things like that. So if, you've already, if you're already kind of a little bit fucked up. Right. You take all that. You have the opioid use. You have the alcoholism. You have the trauma from what happened with your mom. Um, you know, uh, that's all good. So that's why I said it's probably a combination of both. You would think, though, and this is why I say both. I know that my aspect on children changed when yeah, when my kids wrong. were born. Yeah. You know, um, and... Uh, I went from not wanting to have children to super not wanting to have children. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so regretting my choices. Oh, no. yeah. I go re- re- if I had a time machine, I would have worn a condom. But, um, <laughs> but and, and a true story about Jake. Like, I didn't want another kid up until the time, the minute that I saw Jake born. Right. And then I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, you've told me that before. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is my baby boy. Yeah. You know, as a proudest dad ever and his mom and i have never been close right i was there when he was born and she lived with me up until you know she said adios bitch not chosen went um and left me with jake but um you know in that brief moment my whole life changed and i actually felt love for her for a very brief amount of time like a whole five minutes until she went <gasps> no no until, <laughs> until looked, she spoke no i'm kidding yeah pretty much i looked up oh that's right she's a twat um <laughs> I'm going to get sued now. You are. It's nice but, knowing you. Oh, yeah. There, there we go. Nice here's working another, with you. We're done. Here's another, <laughs> here's another $3 million lawsuit. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, as a parent myself, once you've seen your children, it makes you, especially during that the time you're, you're watching your kids grow up, it makes you have a different perspective on children in general. Right. You know, um, and while I don't like children, 
Well, I can't say I don't like you. I don't like most children because most children are little assholes. Yeah. You know, but there are some kids out there that are well-behaved and, uh, and, or just normal kids. They're, just, they're not right. being total pricks. I go, wow, that's a fucking awesome kid, you know? Oh, yeah. I give their parents high well, fives. Well, today's lack of discipline, I say that a lot. I say, oh, my God. Oh, these yes. These kids are horrible. A lot of kids need a boot in the ass. I'm yeah. gonna, I'll be or honest, man. Just babe. discipline. I mean, just yeah. straight up tell your child no. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Yeah. I, and the difference between punishment and discipline, I actually learned this in anger management classes. Punishment is punishing somebody. It's, it's, it's inflicting a punishment. A discipline is no different than like martial arts. In martial arts, you're learning a discipline. You're learning a way of life. You're learning a it's way of... boundaries that are being set. And behaviors. Yeah. And that's the key is, is, is setting those boundaries and behaviors. But I digress. So you're watching your kids grow up. You know the joy of being a parent. Right. You know the hardships of being a yeah, parent. Yeah, and she had kids of her own. That's why, and that's yeah. why I'm bringing this up. Yeah. Now you're looking at these babies going, you know what? Fuck these babies. I'll kill them, and I'll make money off of them. What kind of heartless fucking beast could do that? Yeah. I mean, I've been known to be the not nicest guy in the world. Right. But that is beyond, that's beyond anything that I've, the, that's ever been in my life. Right. And I've had some hard fucking times and I've met some hard fucking people. Right. So that's why I say combination. She's a combo pack. She's nature and nurture. There's probably some mental disorder going on. Oh yeah. Um, you know, there's so much going on with her. And on the one, on, I'm kind of torn on this because on the one side of it, I sit there and go, okay, there, she probably had a mental disability. And uh, had there been better, a better system in place at the time, maybe she could have pulled through it and been a decent person. Right. Then on the other flip side of that, the, the father in me comes out. Right. And I think to myself, you fucking cunt. Right. Even if, if you were living in my neighborhood and my kids were around your place, I would hunt you down. Because you're too damn close to my... If you even glanced at my children and I knew that you were this kind of a person, you were this Amelia Dyer, I would break into your house and I'll club you myself. Right. No, it's true. So that's, that's why it's a hard one for me. The, the, the one side says, you know, basically set her on fire and burn her at the stake and watch her suffer. And the other side goes, ah, but Scott, mental disorders... You know, the, the I'm gonna address that here in a minute, but go ahead. The the psychologist in me sits there and breaks it down and goes, Ah, you know, but if if they would have had uh like uh better mental health care because keep in mind at the time if you if you were nuts, they threw you in a psychiatric ward. That was it. You're thrown to the fucking nut hut. Right. And the, and the nut hut is different than it is today because today, if you get put in psychiatric, there's medication, there's therapy. There's a lot that goes into trying to correct the problem. And right. then it was like you're thrown into a fucking cage because you're just fucking crazy because uh, twofold. Number one, not enough funding, but two, nothing they could do. There was no technology to take care of this. There's no way to tell if somebody's schizophrenic, if right. somebody is just depressed, if they're manic, if, um, if they're, they're, they're ADHD, OCD, oh, yeah. anything like that. Because those weren't even identified No, they yet. weren't. No, you... Honestly, if a woman was having PMS, she was considered, uh, what, they, what did they call them? I'm waiting for you to, the, I, I have it, I have it, uh, I think I did. Nope, there it goes, God Not damn delirious, it. but. Uh, 
I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but you know hysterical. what I mean? Hysterical. Yes, hysterical. Thank you. Uh-huh. Which is probably why they called it a hysterectomy, but whatever. Yeah. No, that's actually, I think that's the root word of it. Yeah. But yeah. No, it's crazy. Yeah. I would suffer from PMS and you'd all have me committed to an insane asylum. Yeah. You know, um, uh, and actually as far as like when they started doing like frontal lobe lobotomies, Husbands would actually take their wives mm-hmm. in, and they, they would get lobotomized. Because they were having, yeah, hormonal issues. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, it was a hormonal issue, or they were a little bit depressed all the time, or they were, like, Yeah, or, withdrawn. yeah, postpartum or anything like that, yeah. Yeah, and they're like, oh, well, you better get this lobotomy done, because that's going to fix everything. Because my dinner's burning, bitch. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> fucking barbaric. Yeah. And nowadays, of course, we, we, we know way different. Like... There's there's medications that you can give, and I I still believe that America is especially is over medicated. Right. Okay. There's a time and place for all medications. I try to do a lot of natural things, while I do still take my crazy pills, because you know I'm got Please, depression. God, don't ever not take them. No, no shit, because then I end up crying all fucking day. <laughs> um, but um, outside of that, and allergy pills and things that I have to take to stay alive. Right. Um, I try to do a lot of natural things. But then there's some people out there who are like, oh, I need every pill on the freaking planet. And it's like, no, you don't, People dude. are over-medicated. It's my biggest gripe. So, yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm torn, man. Like I said, one, one half of me wants to step on Amelia's neck and just fucking crush her lyrics and I bring her back to life. I am going to address everything you just said. And then the flip side of, of, of me sits there and goes, mental disorders, though, dude. Come on. Mm-hmm. If it, it, Scotty, if, if we were there, we could have counseled her. We could have sat down with her. We could have worked her through this. We could have, you know, you know, there's a lot of shit we could have done. And then with a the proper medication, you know, maybe you can get her on some lithium. You um, know, this is one time I don't think you listened to what I wasn't saying. But no, go ahead. Oh, fuck. Now I'm wondering what the hell I missed. No, I, I will explain in a second. But no, I, I hear what you're saying. And on the surface, you're, what you're saying makes sense. Great way to fuck with my OCD. <laughs> because I listen to everything about that, that, you, that isn't said. And I put everything together. Like, yeah, you didn't this like time. Like fucking Sherlock Holmes. No. Oh, well, fuck me running. All right, but shoot any, at me. No, anyways, I'm going to actually put the cart before the horse. And I'm going to ask some questions before I get into my final thoughts. Are you ready? Lay it on me. Now. What do you think are your theories on the reasoning behind charging her with neglect and not murder the first time? Easy, easy peasy. She's a woman. They're like, that was, oh, yeah. it's, you know, she's just probably having some problems. and She's not a man, so she can't be violent. Bullshit. Women, you women can be the biggest bitches on the planet. And fucking, here's the difference between guys and women when it comes to being vicious. Like, seriously. If a guy's pissed at another guy, we will go up to their face and go, what up, motherfucker? And we get into a fist fight. Yeah. Or we hunt them down face to face or we'll shoot them. Something like that. Not you women. You women are like, oh, my God, he broke my heart. And now I'm all set. You know what we need to do, Mark? Poison him. (laughs) What's that, Tammy? First, you can hide in his back seat. And I'll have my friend Jennifer go meet him at a bar, and we'll get him drunk, and we'll lure him out there. And then you can run this knife through his ear, and we'll keep him alive for days. And he'll scream. He'll pay for what he did to you because, oh, my God, how can he break up with you? You're beautiful. That's women. That's not us guys. Us guys aren't doing shit like that. Get a gun. Get some rope. I got some lie. Exactly, you know. (laughs) And I've brought this up. In conversations with my friends, there's, uh, the way that women handle 
things like that and the way the guys do are totally different. Because you women, like three months later, women go, and I still miss Brad. He was just such a great guy. It's okay, honey. Just cry it out. About a week afterwards, if a guy's dude, I so miss Jennifer. All right, here's the deal, man. We got to go out. We're going to get you some beers and some new pussy. Let's go. That's right. We're getting you laid tonight. We're going to get you laid, man. Because the best way to get over one woman is to get on top of another one. Get if, under another one. Whichever. Because if you're over, you're already on top, buddy. You haven't had my sex life, have you? Never Rawr. mind. Especially with cat women out. Shut ones. up. But, um, <laughs> anyways, um, you know, but we handle things differently. Yeah. Um, I think that she was obviously very methodical. Yes. And very deceptive. Yes. And at the same time, her being so small, probably petite. I haven't seen her picture, but I imagine petite. I don't think she's a big fat chick. Yeah, she's a little <laughs> on the chunky side. No kidding. That's kind of hot. A little thick. Um, but the law enforcement's looking at her going, oh, poor thing. Look at that little, poor little thing. And meanwhile, she's like, let me out of here. I got some babies to kill. Yeah. Let's get some killing done. Yeah. All right, next question. So, um, well, actually, you kind of answered a bunch of my questions in your whole little spiel over there. Um, so... I'll ask you the final one I have. Do you think um, there's a two-parter here? How do you think she was able to elude authorities for so long? And do you think that she had an inside advantage with somebody who could let her know when she was under suspicion? Fake mustache. <laughs> That's how she avoided them. So and glasses. Like she had a Harpo uh, Groucho Marx thing going on. And a hoodie and sunglasses. That's right. So, you'll never catch me. Ha-ha. Baseball cap. I'm out of here. Okay. No, um, here, here's, here's, I think it was a lot easier than what we're thinking. Because this is well before even the, like, the, 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 how the fuck are you going to share information? So let's say you're living in Bristol, mm-hmm. okay? And then you go over to, let's say, Manchester or London or wherever. Well, those two police departments aren't talking to each other. It's not like you're in London. London's going to call Bristol and sit there and go, Hello, have you happened to see this woman? She's a baby farmer. Anything like that. I can't do an English accent. You so. can't. No, That's I can't. one of the few I have seen you not be able to do. No, I can't do, do an English. I can do a uh, crocodile baby. Me. But, you know, uh, because uh, the only way that they would even know where she came from, unless she told them, is Fucking call every police department right, right, right. and all of the UK, and then maybe, just maybe, somebody right. would be like, "Oh, hey, dude, she lived here, right in Bristol." Like, Holy shit! I only had to fucking send a fucking horse-drawn carriage to every goddamn police department all over the UK. Yeah. Oh, we finally fucking found her. Yeah. You know, and that's even if well, the and that's how Carl just... got away with it for so long. Remember, because right. all you had to do was change your name and. And now we're in the age of technology. Yes. So if my big fat ass does something. They just run your little fingerprint. Yeah, or just run my... I'm, I'm very distinctive. Yeah, you're a black uh, guy with dreads. Yeah, <laughs> except for the Vancouver PD. Then I'm just a suspect, no matter what color the suspect yeah. is. But, um, you know, they're, they're, they're going to send out... You fit the description. All... They're, they're going to share the information. It, let's say I go over to Wells Fargo. Right. And I, and I rob the bank. Right. And... Even with a hood on, they're going to know my height, my approximate weight, mm-hmm. which direction I went off into. You know, that's why those rulers are on the doors. Did you know that? Uh-huh. I know that. But there's cameras everywhere. That's Every storefront has it. Yeah. A, oh, look. He got into a blue F-150 yeah. with a canopy. Oh, with a lot of chrome on it. Huh. Okay. And then they're going to say, okay, now we know that he has, and they, they might not. Let's say they don't even see the plate number. Right. Each plate. It's kind of unique. Right. Oh, that's a fucking Washington plate. Yeah. 
So there's not very many trucks that look like mine. Yeah. They're kind of a rarity. It narrows it down even more. Yeah. So now they're going to be, okay, we kind of got the gist of it. So let's say I bail. Okay. I'm going to go to Alabama. See, Where? I tr- you said it wrong, uh-huh. bitch. I did that on purpose. I know. Damn it. I'm going to go to Alabama. And I'm on my way. Okay. And I make it all the way to Bama. And, <laughs> Thank uh, you. <laughs> you're welcome. Well, by the time I get there, guess what? They already know. They yeah. already fucking know. You want to know why? They're going to be like, hey, be on the lookout. This guy's about 5'10". He's a fat guy with, big, with a big ass. Yeah, they're going to have bolo. You know, um, he, he's driving a Ford F-150 with, with a lot of chrome on it. Washington plates. With Washington plates and with a matching fucking canopy, uh, you know, yeah. and, and tinted windows and, you know, and, and all that good shit. Yeah. You know, so they're going to know. So I'm going to roll into, let's say, okay, uh, where my Aunt Lucy and Uncle Tam, which uh, was living before they passed on, which is Valley, Alabama. I love that name. I love the name Talmadge. If I ever had another kid, I'm going to name it Talmadge. But I can't. I had a vasectomy. I know. So I roll into Valley, right? Great little town. And guess what? Valley Police Department is going to be sitting there going, Hey. Hey, y'all. Hey, Cletus, come here. Don't we know that truck from somewhere? Why, yes, we do, Bob Joe. We got a bolo on it right here. Let's wait. That's a big fat fucker getting out of that sucker. It's got washed and plates about 5'10". I think we got our guy. And they're going to fucking tase me. And then <laughs> the Vancouver police are going to call him. And they're going to did you tase him twice? <laughs> well, no, but we kicked him four times. Pepper okay. Spray too. <laughs> well, is he in the lockup right now? Yes, he is. Hit him with pepper spray. <laughs> twice. Nasty. Yeah. No, no they're going to fucking know. We're in the age yeah. of information. Yeah. You are a true idiot to do anything like rob a bank. Yeah. Or rob a liquor store or anything. Because even the liquor store has a shitty camera system. Oh, yeah. Houses have fucking surveillance right now. That are better than... That are better than what fucking the the banks are. Yeah. You know? Jesus Christ, man. Fucking morons. Anyway. So, go ahead. Okay. That's how she got away with it. Okay. So... I'm going to break it down to feel like this. Yeah, break it down, homie. Because I believe there's an algebraic formula that explains it. Sweet. Are you ready? You're a ma- you're a numbers guy too. I am. I'm a t- yeah. total fucking so, numbers guy. Because I am the type of person though. Because I picture I I see things in pictures, but when I can't figure something out, I will take what I know, and then I will take any information I have that of possibles, and I will try to see if there are variables. So to break it down. I came up with a solution for Amelia, okay? When she was young, she witnessed her mother spiral into the depths of mental illness, right? Okay, yep, I pointed that one okay. out, yep. And I'm sure that left a negative impact on her. I couldn't even imagine having to watch my own mother go through that. And when I included yeah, that neither. fact, huh? Me neither. I can't imagine your mom going through that. Okay. However, knowing that I'm going to hit you. With that in I'm mind, supportive of your mom. Jesus I'm Christ. still struggling to add some things up. Even when I included the fact that for some inexplicable reason, she was disinherited from her family. I couldn't make that up to a woman, especially one trained to be a nurse and midwife, turning to a vicious killer. The lowest form of killer out there because she killed children. Mm-hmm. When you conspe- consider the sheer number of possible deaths that she was responsible for, that made my head spin. Dear Lord, 
dear Lord. Sing it, sister. Let us pray. <laughs> no, let us not. I know what you're going to say. Don't say it. No, I'm not going to say that, no. what, what I shared with you out of the book. I no. When I looked at the tragedy of her childhood and the apparent animosity in her family, I couldn't make the two add up to a motivation or catalyst for murder. And those are the two things that I would take into account. I'm ruling these two out as the only variables. I believe very, they are very much a part of the question equation, though. Okay? So, here's everything I have. She had a tragic childhood. Correct. Her mother dies when she's young and impress- impressionable. Correct. Um, her world changed. Well, especially seeing the mental uh, breakdown right. of your uh, But of her even mom. if she wasn't the one who... Even if she wasn't the one who would take care of her mother, even though they said she would, somebody would have... Oh, even the one to take charge of the house after her mother died, somebody would have. And that somebody wasn't going to be an adequate replacement for her mother, despite the fact that her, was, her mother wasn't mentally sound for all or part of her life. Okay? Then you have the family animosity. She was disinherited from her family. She no longer had their support financially or emotionally. Okay? She was suddenly left nearly, if not completely, penniless. And she had to go out and learn a trade that guaranteed her an income. Being a dressmaker, because remember, she was a dressmaker's apprentice. Correct. Okay. I'm sure that was without a doubt a noble profession, but I'm sure, as is today, there's a lot of competition in that line of work. Nursing is an industry that has, has always been in demand, and especially the nurses who are also midwives. Okay. Now, take in family social status. Her father was a master shoemaker. Anybody who is a master in their trade is usually sought after in their industry. Correct. Okay? So they usually don't have to go looking for work. Clients usually come to them. For that reason, I'm sure I can safely say that they were rather well off. Correct. Okay? And then you're completely right on that. Uh, we were talking about my phone lighting up. And because I'm classified as a master musician. Yeah, whatever. All important, Scott. It's not about you right now. It's about me and Amelia. Well, no, I'm, I'm, no, I'm making kidding. a comparison. <laughs> no, I um, know. And, you know, I... I That's I, why I made this comparison, because I knew you would understand. Yeah, I totally understand. Yeah. And I know uh, people that, are, that have mastered the art of other things, like, you know, yeah. from martial arts to mechanics. Yes. And it gets to that point to where you get your name known, like even as a, as a great mechanic. Right. You don't go out and beat the bushes. No. People call you, yeah, because they need a specific service. And oh yeah, no my different. mechanic says he doesn't have to advertise anymore. Yeah, and, well, that's you know I, I was going to bring because I, I use myself as an example for absolutely fucking everything. You know, you. I don't beat the bushes for contract tracks. No, you know I don't make any phone calls. I well, I did during the pandemic a little bit because uh, things got super sketchy. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll cut my rates down because I'm like I'm losing a lot of fucking money. Yeah. Um but um, you know. I don't normally call and have to say, hey, can I get in on this project? My fucking phone lights up. Yeah. You know, and I kind of pick and choose what I do and, and all that good yeah. shit. So you I can afford to say no. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I, I look at contracts right. day in and day out that, and I go, nope, not interested. Right. So, because basically I'm trying to say that she is nature and nurture, but it'll all work out in the end. Okay. okay. So being born into a family with good social standing, being well off was part of her nature if she was born into it. Right? She never really had to know struggle. Oh, that's the part I Wait, missed. Wait, no, you've missed Fuck. more. You've missed more, though. Oh, no so, way. So this is something she knew from birth. When that was taken from her, trying to get it back would be natural, right? 
Yes. Okay. Now, although <laughs> nursing was a respectable profession, it would never take her back to the social status that she had been born into and grown accustomed to. When she was introduced to, introduced to Dane and introduced to baby farming, she figured it was an easy way to take the respectable position of a nurse and midwife to a higher social status because she could get more money. Okay? Back. Now... Since babies died quite a bit in that era, especially orphans, that wasn't going to be a problem. People wouldn't hold her responsible for natural circumstances, right? Now, family history of mental illness. We're on to variable number four. Right. Amelia was 12 when her mother passed away. Considering I couldn't find documentation stating when her mom developed typhus, let's just assume (laughs) maybe from birth. She only knew her mother's mental illness. I want to interject some though. They're, they're, the, the cause of death was typhus, right? She developed typhus, which caused her to go mentally. Right. Yes. But we don't know if there was any other underlying right. yeah, that's what mental I'm condition. Trying to get that's at. what I was bringing up before. Yeah. You have dopamine, you have serotonin, you've right, got all right, kinds right. of you've got chemicals in your fucking right. brain. See, and I had kind of addressed that in my questions, but you answered it in that, so I didn't ask oh, it. Sorry. No, you're fine. You answered it before I asked it. So which pissed you're that I good missed at. things. Yeah. So, okay. So, let's see, considering I couldn't find the documentation, which would help determine approximately when this would have affected her mental stability, okay? For that reason, I widened this variable to account for the possibility she could have been in mental decline as early as Amelia's infancy. That being said, and knowing children are still very very much learning from their environment at age 12, I figured she had a front row seat at what mental instability truly was, and I believe that affected her. But most of all, it taught her what mental illness looked like. So wait she a knew. Wait, I'm not done. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No. So, I'm just, so she knew the signs, and perhaps she started to fear that may one day happen to her as well. Okay? Now, months of hard labor and personal mental illness. I'm including that part from her childhood into this variable and making it a separate one because I believe this is a progression of that. Amelia was one of the more fortunate females who knew how to read and write. She knew literature. This means she could comprehend intellectual things, correct? Correct. So considering she seemed to be rather intelligent, I'm pretty sure at some point, either prior to or during her sentence of hard labor, she became very well versed in the legal statutes of that area. Era. You would think. I also believe at some point she realized that these who those who were deemed mentally unfit were not required to perform their work assignments. And as part of this, I believe that she found a way to avoid any form of hard labor herself. Is all she had to do was claim mental instability. Yeah, I kind of surmised that okay. when you were telling me about it. Now, if she did in fact work the system on the inside, she would have to continue to play that role. And therefore, she would have to tell people that experience had a negative effect on her psyche. And I also believe she was able to adjust the methods she used to work the inner system to work the outer system. Okay? Okay. Knowing how people looked at and handled people with mental illness, I believe she knew that if there were ever a situation where a minor question arose into her actions, they could be deflected by feigning a mental episode. I think those two mental episodes were nothing. No, I I agree with that. Okay. Well, I, I agree on a level, because I have another thing I'll interject when you're done. Okay. Then we have the neglect and return to baby farming. When she was sentenced to six months of hard time and figured a way to get out of, I figured she figured a way to get out of the late, the doing her work assignments, I believe she had time to think. Think about what landed her in that situation. I don't believe she was thinking about it because she wanted to change. I think she knew she was going to return to baby farming. 
during her thinking that led to her Think about what led to her arrest. She knew that despite the fact of her actions not only wrong, they were in fact illegal, she was not accountable. Okay? Okay. Now, she figured out there were too many people, people in authority, who were aware of these deaths. So, she had to change that. That's when she started taking care of them herself. Okay? That all being said, there's two motivations here. Are you ready for them? Lay it on me. Okay. I have two hypotheses for you. Um... Number one is, we're going to solve for why. The obvious and quite major motivation, okay? I took the family animosity, and I minus the family social status, and added that to the family history of mental illness, and then, basically, I did all this, and I came, you know, and then I I included months of hard labor, personal mental illness, neglect charge, (laughs) minus accountability, return to baby farming, came up with A, and I believe, when it all said and done, that motivation was greed, which was nature, because she was accustomed to a certain way of living. I agree with you, but I'm going to interject one more thing that just now hit me. You're probably uh, touching on my B, but go ahead. Oh, give me your B. I'm sorry. Okay. Now, my B is that when you take into account the tragic childhood, plus having to learn a new trade that she could not use later in life because, you know, it wouldn't sustain her. And then you add, multiply that by the family animosity, you get B. So when I look at the fact that she lost her mom at a young age, she found this trade, blah, 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 right? I think it boils down to, um, after taking a step back to think about it, it was glaringly obvious to me. Although centuries have passed, times haven't changed. These two trades are similar, okay, the nursing and the fashion. I, okay, so when I added it all up, I felt that it led to another motivation, a motivation that may not be as intense or obvious as greed, but significant nonetheless. I believe this motivation for killing was anger and resentment. Now, I came to this conclusion when I read in the multiple accounts her obvious pride when she told the detectives that you'd be able to tell which victims were hers by the white dressmaker's tape. Her comment alone meant that that particular object she used to kill held some sort of significance to her. It's almost as if she were saying, if I can't use this tape to do something I love for its intended purpose, I'll use it to do something I've learned to enjoy for nefarious ones. Decent. I'm done. What do you think? So what if, a hypothetical, so her mom had typhus, right? Yes. Let's say the uh, the, the onset of that was prior to Amelia's conception. Ooh. Maybe some of the mental disorders. Because if her mom had typhus before she was born, that would have affected her. And I'm not saying that she had typhus. I'm not saying that Amelia had typhus. I'm, well, here's what I'm, my thought is. Because is, no, we, yeah. we build antibodies right, 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 right. to fight things off. That's right. why nobody gets fucking typhoid anymore in the U.S. Well, yeah. True. You know, um, that and good vaccines. Yeah. Um, but if she had, even putting the typhus aside, if she had mental disorders, uh, let's go with serotonin. She had a serotonin imbalance. Right. Which is depression, basically, yeah. Yeah, depression. That genetically could carry over to your children. That's true. So, mental illness is hereditary. Let's say that mental illness was... They're present the whole time. Mm-hmm. The whole time. You okay with their killer? Go ahead. Oh, your shoulder again? Mm-hmm. Shit. Um, then 
she very well could legitimately pass it on to Amelia. Right. And especially with the with depression, it's really it's a ticking time bomb. And you look for it different is. ways to kind of ease that mental anguish that you go right. through. Um, yeah, because she went from being a nurse and midwife to being a baby farmer who would let the baby starve. Then she decided, okay, I'll kill them quickly. And then she went on to making them <laughs> suffer. Even more important than that, you brought up your stuff. She went from somebody who was probably very affluent. Yes, that too. Down to somebody not so much. Yes. So you have that. That's going to add to the depression. Yes. Because I know in my mind, like, if I don't take my pills for a couple days, you know, one day doesn't kill me. You know. Kills me. No, I'm kidding. Ha, ha, ha. But a couple of days, my life is a shit show. Yeah. And my, because my mind talks shit. Oh, yeah. I go into negative self-talk all the time. Yeah. I don't my brain my... literally tells me things, you know, like, you know, you're a shit from, uh, as a musician. Right. You're garbage. You can't play. I don't even see why people fucking pl- uh, pay you. No, you no, know why they're calling you right now. Yeah, I don't even know why they're sending you emails. You know, you're just going to disappoint them. It's, it's stuff like that. And mm-hmm. that's literally what my brain has told me time and time and time and time right. and time and time again. When I know for a fact that the opposite is true. Right. Because there's a reason there's why people call me. There's, yeah, there's, yeah. The proof is in the paychecks. Right. You know, um, but my mind won't accept that. Because for some reason, that little voice in my head goes, oh, you didn't take, you forgot to take your pills for two days. And that, and, and then I become, you think I'm an asshole when I'm joking. True story. Um, my former roommate and business partner, who you're going to meet today. Um, yeah, she, uh, so. I get to meet some of your quote unquote friends. Yeah, it's amazing, huh? Uh, yeah, I'm amazed you have them, but go ahead. And they're amazed I let you How out of a cage. <laughs> So, um, we were writing, and I had just gotten on the Wellbutrin. Okay. And um, uh, when you're, like, the first year that I was on it, I found it hard to write. I wasn't as right. creative. Right. But I knew that if I went one day without it, well, then it got a little easier. My creativity oh, yeah. came back. So, I chose to go three days. Oh, shit. Because I wanted to finish an album. And by the third day, I said Did things. Did she hold you down and put, shove it down your throat? I really wouldn't have blamed her if she would have grabbed one of my guns and shot me. I said the foulest, fucked up things that to this day. And she, does, she, she never brings it up, nothing like that, which is cool. But um, I said the most wicked, foul, horrible, horrible, horrible things to her that weren't true in the least bit. Wow. It was just, it was the deepest. So instead of you doing negative self-talk, you were putting somebody else down instead. I was doing both. Oh, okay. My brain was talking shit, and then it was saying, you need to say this. Just foul shit. My... Life was a shit show. So then I had to take double doses to get my levels back up. Yeah. Uh, for like two only days. Has a, it's time release. Yeah. And it's half, you know, it's the half. The, it's called half life. How long it continues to be in your system after you stop taking it. Yeah. You know, so I get my levels back up. So that way there I wasn't a total prick. And I, to this day, still feel like shit about it. Oh. And that was years ago. I mean, Years. I don't feel like shit for the things you say to me. Shit. Because I only speak the truth when it comes to me and your mom. Mm-hmm. And our love. 
and why you won't let me take her out on a hot date. I rubber down with I baby oil. Throw up every time. I think every time I remember what her fucking face looked like the other day, I want to throw up. Because <laughs> when she you thinks when about the, am, me, she touches what? herself. I am forty-six years old. The last time I saw my mom even say "I love you" to a man other than my son and my brother was when I was eighteen years old, <laughs> which was twenty some years ago, twenty-eight years ago to be exact, and. She didn't even have that look on her face when she said it. It made me throw up. It's because, you know, your mom... She was like a little fucking girl in an ice cream shop that you were going to give her fucking ice cream and a pony. I'm going to give her candy. (laughs) Okay, we're done. No, your mom and I already have that very special relationship. Yeah, I don't know how or why or when. I think it's... And you haven't even laid eyes on each other yet. And she's hated every dude that you've ever introduced to her as a she friend or otherwise. She hated everybody, even if they were just a friend of as mine. As I say, friend yes. or, or otherwise. Yes. <laughs> Very much so. Your mom does rock, though, man. Yeah. She cracks me the fuck up. She you makes know, my I was day. with my ex-boyfriend Chris for a year, almost a year, and she never once had one nice thing to say about him, ever. <laughs> ever. I would but. still want to get her on the other show, the Scotty and Squat show. Oh, my God. That'd be funny. My special girl. All right. We got to wrap this thing up because I have a fence to met, uh, to fix in the backyard. <laughs> I was thinking something else, but go ahead. What no, so that's, fuck, you yeah. know, so that's what I have to say. I mean, I get it more in depth on it. Um, like I said, I get more in depth in my explanation, but we didn't really have time for this. But yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. Boys and girls, this has been. Brutal Nation. Remember that you can send us an email at brutalnation.cast at gmail.com. Check out the website at www.twistedbluellc.com. And make sure if you're going to shop on Amazon, click that link that we provide on our page. It helps out the show. It doesn't cost you anything. Check out our blogs if you like to read, like I do. I yeah, we're on Medium, Hub Pages, and Volk. Uh, we just picked up another vocal one. Vocal media. Vocal media. That yeah, was it. I was going to say, we just picked up another one. Vocal <laughs> media. Also, I found out that we got picked up by uh, Audibles. We've already had Audible. We did? Yes. I, I had no idea. I told you that last year. Somebody just recently told me about that. I had no idea. We were on I told Audible. You, I give you every last listening platform we're picked up on, even though we're on them all. Um, it's when people start picking it up on that, I give them to you. And well, I gave you Audible a long time ago. We're on most. We're getting picked up by more and more. Well, no, we're actually on them. It's whether people have actually started listening to us on them. Oh. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, See, we've been on Audible. That's why we have you in a tech department to take care of that shit. I don't take care of that shit. I know. I have absolutely nothing to fucking do with that. Yeah. We're also on Alexa and all that. No shit. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have said that. She'll start talking to me. I'm gonna uh, fucking. We just picked up. Uh, people just picked us up on iHeartRadio too. So I found that out. We're on iHeartRadio. Um, we picked up most countries in the world. Uh, yeah, we are. Um, we're almost on in every United States now. We we're in most last countries. I checked, we were in over thirty of them. I haven't checked it recently, but um, we did just pick up, and I'm gonna say welcome to Puerto Rico. We picked up Puerto Rico. We picked up. Puerto Rico within the last 24 hours. Hello, my Puerto Rican women. I know. They I are like me sexy. a Puerto Rican man. No, Puerto Rican women, they're, they're hot and the sex is great. They're fucking crazy. I because, wouldn't know that. No, I'm sorry. I dare you this Puerto Rican chick once named Maria. Go figure, right? And we were walking through a mall and I just happened to glance over. I didn't even see the chick as she was looking at. Why aren't you looking at that girl? I, uh, I'm aren't you? Girl. 
No, I wasn't. No, I thought why, you said. No, why, why were you? Oh, I thought you said, aren't or you? Why, why are you? I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. If you ever cheat on me, I stab you. I'm like, God damn. What, what, now I'm turning around, I'm trying to find the girl. See, you're looking at her. I'm like, holy fuck, okay, we got to go. Yeah. Because I don't want to die. I don't want to die next to JCPenney's. <laughs> That'd be a horrible place to go. We also picked up Saskatchewan. Now we're in five Canadian provinces. Sweet. Just a little FYI. Canada, we're going to take you over to. We are taking over Canada by storm. And you as the uh, as a listening audience, you can help us build it even more, man. Spread the word. Spread the news. And if there's somebody that you want us to feature, hey. Let us know. Let us know, man. We'll do the research. We'll dig pretty anywhere, freaking deep. Anywhere you listen to us, if you're in another country, whatever, just let us know. Because we're trying to hit all the countries that we've picked up the market for but it's kind of hard yeah because at the end of the day guys this is your show yeah it's you know we're we're just the mouthpiece yes we are so we're gonna wrap this one up this show is copyright 2021 by twisted blue llc all rights reserved boys and girls it's been a pleasure we will see you guys and talk to you later bye-bye bye everybody